Special technique. Special technique of shadow boxing. June 23rd edition of the Fox and Source radio show. I'm your host, James Bell, lead boxing analyst for the Cohort Truth on Sports and the leader of the Fox and Source on social media. You can follow us at Instagram at the Fox and Source, Twitter at Fox and Source 2, and also on Facebook, the Boxing Source. Number to dial is 347-237-5539. Once again, 347-237-5539. Press the one key to get on cue, and you'll be able to talk live on the show. Uh, We have about, I would say, uh, 60 minutes that we're going to, you know, talk boxing. Um here um, and just uh, going through a couple of uh, matches uh, from this weekend and uh, also looking forward to uh, what's going on in the sport next weekend. Uh, you'll be able to, you know, catch that. Um, you know, it's, uh, you know, I would say it's the um, – the the fights that are coming up, uh, you know, later tonight, you know, kind of looking into. Uh, of course, we would trying to see if we were going to have a rematch of sorts uh, with the uh, Jamel Charlo uh, there, where he was going to be uh, slated to fight uh, Tony Harrison, and that was going to be for the WBC uh, Super Welterweight title. Uh, but due to an injury to Tony Harrison, uh, that fight had to be pushed back. Uh, so you have uh, Jamel Charlo there. Um, he will be going up against Jorge Cota, uh, who, you know, is uh, pretty much uh, inserted into this bout. Um, he lost the split decision in his last bout back in April. Um and it's coming in with a record of 28 wins and three losses. Uh, so uh, that's going to be the uh, replacement bout uh, there that's happening tonight over at the Mandalay Bay Resort and Casino. Uh, and then you'll also have uh, at the main event, Guillermo Rigondeau going up against Julio Ceja. Uh, so uh, that is a part of the 
a fight card that's happening uh, tonight, and it will be on Fox. Uh, you have you know, a few uh, matches that are a part of that card, uh, but um, you know those two feature bouts that you have: Charlo against Cota and Guillermo Rigondeaux against Julio Ceja, um being those uh, headline headlining bouts uh, that are on slate uh, for tonight. So uh, we're going to be, you know, catching uh, those. Uh, you have, um, you know, Julio Ceja that uh, was a, um, you know, former world title contender at Super Bantamweight uh, there in, you know, had had a shot to you know, win that Super Bantamweight title against Hugo Reeves, but, you know, ended up uh, losing uh, that particular bout, uh, but you know now trying to see what he could do against uh, Rigo, uh, still campaigning there in the super bantamweight division. And of course, uh, you have Jamal Charlo that you know, really took his loss to Tony Harrison very, uh, very badly, uh, as he felt that he won that fight against Tony Harrison. Um, you know, I, I I just didn't see him being. Uh, very impressive in that bout against Harrison. Harrison, you know, made it a very tough fight for uh, Jamel Charlo. And, you know, for me, I was just saying that Jamel Charlo, you know, in his uh, previous bouts, um, you know, in his previous bout against Austin Trout, you know, didn't look very impressive in in that bout either. Um, He did score a knockdown against Austin Trout, but also had to, you know, work you know, from, uh, you know, up until the last round uh, there against Austin Trout and, uh, you know, got a um, majority decision uh, win over Austin Trout before losing his uh, bout to uh, Tony Harrison by unanimous decision. Um, you know, we were trying to say that, you know, at that particular time leading into the bout against Tony Harrison that uh, he was um, – you know, among the uh, top guys there in the 154-pound division and may have been within the top two um, in the 154-pound division alongside um, uh, his uh, counterpart there at 154 pounds, Jared Hurd. But, you know, first you had this uh, fight against uh, Tony Harrison where, you know, Harrison was able to get the decision over him and uh, Julian Williams was able to uh, defeat Jared Hurd uh, by decision to uh, win Jared Hurd's uh, belts there. So that kind of like made the 154-pound division uh, be more competitive uh, out there, and you don't really uh, necessarily have a clear-cut favorite to be the uh, top guy uh, there at 154 pounds right now. Uh, so uh, Jamal Charlo here, um, you know, just is uh, having this bout that's uh, coming up, and uh, he'll, you know, see if he could get that bout uh, with Tony Harrison later on down the line um, later this year, um, maybe you know within September or October uh, when they could uh, put that together. Uh, so uh, we're just gonna, you know, see how that uh, basically turns out. Uh, there for him, and also with uh, Guillermo Rigondeaux going up against Julio Ceja 
uh, that's going to be uh, something where, you know, Guillermo Reganau is going to, you know, stay busy, um, you know, continuing his uh, career, uh, of course, you know, up until the point where he fought uh, Vasilimachenko, he was uh, having difficulty uh, lining up fights with uh, top contenders. Uh, you know, of course, uh, you know, we had his time there uh, with top rank. And then uh, after that, he was uh, signed with Rock Nation. And, uh, you know, after, you know, being signed with Rock Nation, he still had those difficulties uh, trying to get those uh, fights, uh, particularly in that super bantamweight division. Uh, he was the um, a unified super bantamweight champion uh, before uh, going up into the uh, super featherweight division to face uh, Vasilomachenko. And, of course, we uh, saw what happened uh, with that fight that he had against Vasilomachenko. So, um, afterwards, you didn't really hear much of him for you know over a year before he got back into the ring at the beginning of this year, um, where he fought Giovanni Delgado and uh, got a, a quick victory uh, there in the uh, Microsoft Theater in Los Angeles. So uh, he'll be you know facing Julio Cija, uh later tonight. Uh, and once again, that'll be on uh, the Fox. Uh, that'll be a Fox telecast uh, there for y'all to catch that. Uh, so uh, that is, you know, pretty much what's on slate for us uh, here today. Um, but, you know, wanted to quickly uh, touch on uh, what happened on the 21st. Um, you had a you know, rematch for the WBA Super Featherweight title. Um, and, I mean, this this kind of, like, got me because this is supposed to be a, you know, rematch um, between Andrew Cancel and Alberto Machado. And, you know, in the first fight, uh, you know, you had – Alberto Machado uh, coming in there as the uh, undefeated champion. Um, and, you know, Machado was um, come, going up against uh, Cancio. Cancio was the, um, you know, contender. Derek uh, went up against him. Um, and, you know, for me, I, I, I just kind of like saw it as um, where – You know, I think a few people thought that um, Machado was going to be um, favored against Cancio, and he, you know, ended up, uh, you know, being defeated by Cancio, uh, even though um, Cancio had uh, been uh, knocked down in the first round. But, you know, Machado pretty much got caught uh, in the fourth round. Uh, He was, you know, hurt in the fourth round uh, multiple times and then uh, got knocked down three times. And in the third knockdown, uh, he pretty much uh, 
guess we'll follow the uh, rules in California. Three knockdown rule uh, pretty much uh, gives you the KO victory. Uh, so uh, that is, you know, how you know Andrew Cancel uh, was able to get that win in hand. Machado his uh, first loss of his professional career, and so uh, they had uh, put put those guys back in the ring there once again, uh, same spot. And actually, this had been this is the uh, fourth consecutive fight for Andrew Cancel at the Fantasy Springs Casino uh, there in California, um, and. You know, they had uh, put this in a rematch, uh, you know, four months apart. Uh, you know, I guess I'd give him Alberto Machado another chance uh, there to, you know, try to win back the WBA Super Featherweight title. And, uh, you know, I, I guess it was, uh, you know, basically, you know, a matter of um, Andrew Cancel pretty much uh, getting the best of Machado uh, in this one as he was able to get the win once again against Machado as he scores another um, knockout victory uh, there. Um, I just, um, you know, just see, see, see this is, uh, you know, there where Machado just had his number. Uh, there, um, and he gets the you know win in the third round over uh, Alberto Machado to retain that WBA Super Featherweight title. Um, you know it was uh, something where you you know you had uh, both guys. Um, you know uh, both guys uh, seemed like they were. You know, pretty competitive there within the first two rounds, and then um, Cancel in that third round just uh, caught Machado uh, there with a very good body shot and put him down to the canvas, and uh, Machado just could not get up from that body shot, and uh, that just you know put him down for the ten count, and uh, that was it, you know, uh, for him, and makes a uh, Andrew Cancel, uh go up to 21 wins, four losses, and two draws uh, there. So, um, you know, after the fight, um, you know, Cancel, uh was saying that he was, you know, looking at uh, Machado once again, and he was able to, um, you know, pull that off. Um and so he, you know, just uh, basically executed what he wanted to do, you know, out there uh, in the ring. And so um, with that left hook that he uh, was able to connect on uh, Machado, uh, Machado just went down uh, to the um, and down to the canvas, and he was able to basically get up, but. Um, you know, even with that one count, it just seemed like uh, it just seemed like he wasn't in condition, according to the referee, that uh, he would be able to continue. And so, 
Um, Cancio moves on with that WBA Super Featherweight title and, uh, you know, puts him there within the uh, top five uh, there at that uh, Super Featherweight division. Um, of course, we, you know, we have, you know, uh, world title holders, Tevin Farmer, uh, Tank Davis, of course, with the uh, uh, Super uh, title uh, there with the WBA, Miguel Burchelt, uh there with that WBC title. Um, and, you know, that kind of like uh, pretty much, um, you know, irons out things uh, out there. Um, of course, uh, you know, you also have uh, there the WBO super featherweight champion, Jamel Herring. Uh, so, that you know gives you the uh, list of guys that are you know amongst the uh, top in the um, super featherweight division. Uh, so uh, there with uh, Cam Seal getting that win, he kind of like puts his name out there. Uh, they you know probably will have uh, him um, face the mandatory contender uh, there in uh, Rene Alvarado, uh, but. Uh, you also have, like I said, a possible a unification unification bouts there with Tank Davis. Well, I don't know if you could necessarily call the fight with Tank Davis a unification bout um, because, you know, um, Tank Davis is the super champion and, and you have Machado there as the uh, regular world champion. So, the winner of that wouldn't necessarily be a unified champion. Uh, he would, they would just be the WBA champion. But uh, like I said, you still have Jamal Heron out there. Um, Gil Borchelt with the WBC belt and uh, Tevin Farmer uh, there with the IBF belt as well. So that kind of like uh, covers oh. there. But, you know, for me, I mean, I, as far as, like, that belt in general, like, the build-up to that belt, I don't really – I didn't really see there was uh, much of a uh, build-up to uh, this rematch between Cancio and Machado. Um, I mean, I don't I, – I mean, me personally, I don't really uh, follow um, uh, Golden Boy Boxing's uh, social media all too tough, but – you know, I, I kind of like get emails and 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 notices from Golden Boy Boxing uh, in in my you know in my inbox uh, pretty much uh, every other day, and you know nothing like kind of like blew up to say, okay, yo, this is fight week, this is a rematch. Uh, you know, you know, first fight you had an upset of uh, you know Alberto Machado uh, being knocked out by Andrew Cancio, and so you know, let's see if. Machado will be able to get his revenge against uh, Ken Seal, but never uh, really saw that uh, here from you know from him. So uh, I just kind of like felt that that was very weird that you know leading into you know what was uh, happening uh, leading into this particular bout that there was you know nothing really building up to it uh, for you know people interested in actually, you know, watching. So, I mean, that kind of, you know, really was a, a head-scratcher for me is that, 
you know, they didn't necessarily build it um, as much as, you know, I thought they would uh, up to this point. Uh, So I I just, you know, found that uh, very strange uh, there. Um, But, you know, like I was saying, uh, you have this uh, buildup going down uh, for Andrew Cancio, uh, seeing if he could, uh, you know, build on this momentum in order to um, be a challenger to those, you know, other top guys there within that super featherweight division. Um, so that's, you know, pretty much what we uh, got there in this uh, particular uh, bout um, for that rematch between uh, Cancio and Alberto Machado. Um, you know, other than that, you really didn't have, like I said, much, you know, coming off of uh, this uh, weekend. You know, just looking into um, what you, uh, you know, what you, what you have uh, coming up tonight. Like I was saying with uh, Jamal, Jamal, uh, Jamal Charlo, excuse me, um, in his uh, bout coming up. Uh, where he'll be fighting Jorge Cota and Guillermo Wiganow against Julio Seja over in Las Vegas. Um, I did, you know, kind of like touch on this uh, last week that, you know, I really didn't understand why they were going to uh, have this fight card over in uh, Las Vegas, um, even when it was supposed to be you know, the rematch between Tony Harrison and Jamil Charlo because it's like, well, you had the first fight over in the Barclays Center where, you know, due to the timing of it, I would say I didn't think it was a very good time to have uh, that bout over at the Barclays Center. Um, And then going into the next week where Jamil Charlo's brother, Jamal Charlo, will be facing Brandon Adams over in Houston where, of course, that's you know, pretty much where they're from is, uh, you know, the uh, Houston, Texas area. Um, and so I, I I just didn't understand why they couldn't have had a double header with those guys being involved over in Houston as part of the same card instead of having them in a separate card. Um, but, you know, that's you know, kind of like what we have here in this uh, particular uh, situation. I, I would have just, you know, had had this, uh, you know, basically go on as, you know, they've had double headers before. I mean, you 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 saw them, um, you know, I, I would say you saw them in that in that card over in uh, Barclays uh, last December. Uh, you also had the, um, you know, triple header that was uh, over in. Um, Las Vegas uh, back in 2016, so that was like another one uh, there. And also, you know, I, I would say uh, you had the thing where uh, they've been involved in, you know, double headers before uh, in the past. So I don't see why they couldn't, you know, put themselves together uh, as part of a marketing package, uh, so to speak, to you know try to get them. Uh, you know, get them as far as like uh, getting tickets moving and things like that because you know, I, you know, I'm 
seeing that later on tonight. I don't see um, them being uh, very successful as far as like getting tickets uh, moving uh, out there. Uh, you know, this week, and we'll see uh, what happens uh, next week as you have. Um, Jamal uh Jamal Charlo there going up against Brandon Adams and uh you know I'll talk about that uh fight um but you know a few other uh topics that I wanted to you know touch on uh here you know you with this uh considering being this uh, weekend being a fairly uh, short weekend as far as like action is concerned. Um, so, you know, my thing is, is that, you know, wanted to basically cover um, a few topics uh, that are out there in the uh, sport of boxing uh, before, you know, I look ahead to uh, what uh, went down uh, there. So um, one of the things that you know, of course, I, I wanted to touch on was this whole thing about the World Boxing Council and a fighter by the name of Devin White. Um, so, of course, uh, we we talked about this uh, a few times over. Um, in that you have, you know, uh, Dylan White as the number one contender in the heavyweight division for the WBC. And he's been, he has been campaigning for at least a year plus to try to be the mandatory contender for the WBC heavyweight title, which is, uh, currently held by Deontay Wilder. And over in social media, uh, me personally, I have, you know, tried to uh, put up, you know, the reasons why Dylan White uh, should have this uh, particular uh, shot at the WBC title. And, you know, fans of a certain fighter want to, you know, basically uh, say that, oh, uh, this guy, Dylan White, he hadn't really done much of anything to to get this shot. Uh, he had his chances to become the mandatory and he passed up fights and he did this and he did that. And I'm like, wait a minute. Here, here's the thing that you kind of like seeing uh, with uh, Dylan White. I'm not, I'm not going into the whole thing about all these other guys that ended up fighting Deontay Wilder, while Deontay Wilder uh, defended the WBC title because most of those guys weren't positioned as the mandatory contender. Okay, but. What I will do is I will go through 
the guys that had been the mandatory or basically held the number one spot in the WBC rankings and how they were able to fight for the WBC title. Okay. So go through this. We're going to go through this quick rundown here uh, real fast uh, with the thing about um, the number one contender. And here is the uh, thing. Here is the rundown with that. Okay. Um, So first off, the last guy to have the number one contender spot in the WBC rankings was Bermain Stavern. All right? Nope, it was not Dominic Brazil. Dominic Brazil was a mandatory, but he never held the number one position in the uh, WBC rankings. Never held that WB, uh, WBC number one position. So we can't necessarily talk about Dominic Brazil here in this case. So now we go back to Vermont Severn. Of course, he did hold the WBC heavyweight title at one point. But we'll be able to revisit that. But when when uh, Vermont Severn held that number one position, before he fought Deontay Wilder in November 4, 2017, he held that position that was awarded to him after the end of 2016. He was supposed to fight Alexander Povetkin for that number one spot. He didn't, of course, because of Alexander Povetkin testing positive for Osterling. But before that, Vermont Severn didn't fight any one in 2016. His last fight was in 2015 against Derek Rossi, where he had to struggle to get the win over Derek Rossi and got the win by decision. Now, of course, before that, he fought Deontay Wilder while holding the um, WBC title. And lost by unanimous decision. Now, Deontay Wilder, he came in there as the number one guy to fight for the WBC title. What did he do to get that number one spot? Well, he ended up fighting Malik Scott, who wasn't really a top guy in the WBC rankings. They had named that fight a final eliminator pretty much a couple of weeks before the fight took place. And Deontay Wilder, before fighting Malik Scott, jumped up to number three in the WBC rankings without really fighting anybody uh, there leading up to that particular bout. He was within the top 25 in the WBC rankings before the Malik Scott fight happened. So he ends up fighting Malik Scott in order to become the number one contender. Then before that, you have Ramon Severn 
defeat Chris Ariola for that number one contender spot before fighting Ariola again to win the vacant at the time WBC heavyweight title. But with Dylan White, who did Dylan White basically fight to get this number one contendership? Now, he goes through the heavyweight rankings as he had his fight. First, he had a WBC eliminator against Derek Chisora, won that. Then he fought Malcolm Tan, won that by TKO. Then he fought Robert Hellenius for the Silver Heavyweight Championship and won by unanimous decision. So then he moves on and faces Lucas Brown, Joseph Parker, and Derek Chisora again. Wins all of those fights. Joseph Parker was the former WBO Heavyweight Champion and was a top contender within the WBC rankings, within the top six of the WBC rankings, when he fought Dylan White. Dylan White was able to get the win. Dylan White was able to keep his record with only that single loss that he had to Anthony Joshua, which was, what, back in 2015. So he has not lost since 2015. But yet the WBC had put these uh, orders for Dylan White to face guys like Luis Ortiz when Luis Ortiz had already lost to Deontay Wilder beforehand. And the thing about it is is that – they wanted to make that a second mandatory bout, which Dylan White wasn't necessarily down with. He wanted that to be a final mandatory bout so that the winner would be able to face Deontay Wilder next. They were like, nope, it's going to be a second mandatory, and you'd have Dominic Brazil as a mandatory. So there you go. You had that as Uh, what their uh, thing was. And so later on down, they tried to have something again where they tried to put, um, they tried to have, you know, Dylan White face Luis Ortiz. And this was talked about, you know, as, um, as the uh, end of last year uh, was going down, because Dylan White had a had a venue booked and a date booked for that December twenty second, where he could have fought anybody, and he reached out to Luis Ortiz, and Luis Ortiz was like, "Nope, nope, nope. You know what? Hey, I got this date here on December first uh, over in the Staples Center." If you want to fight me, you'll fight me on December 1st as part of an undercard. Or like, nah, that couldn't work. So that fell through. Then, at the beginning of 2019, here this year, they tried once again to order a bout. And this time, they ordered Dylan White 
against Dominic Brazil for the interim WBC title. And Dylan White was for that because that was a that was the bout that he was looking for from the beginning. And of course, due to the situation with Tyson Fury uh not taking the rematch at that time against Deontay Wilder, that's when they ordered for Deontay Wilder to face Dominic Brazil for the WBC title. And so now uh, you have this situation where Dylan White is uh, still, you know, trying to uh, campaign where he could be uh, placed as the next guy to be the mandatory for the WBC title. And he has this upcoming bout um, yes, yeah, I'm coming about against Oscar Rivas, which is a uh, very tough fight. Of course, Oscar Rivas uh, had his um, you know, recent win um, against <clears throat> Brian Jennings, so uh, that is you know going to be a very tough fight for Dylan White, and so they're trying to make that the uh, final eliminator for the WBC title. Uh, but uh, they, you know, nothing has really been official yet in uh, reference to all of that. Um, so that's, you know, currently the situation that's going on right now. Uh seems like I have a uh, caller uh, on hold here. Let me see if I can put them on live, see if they could uh, talk some boxing uh, from area code 267. Tell us the name, where you're calling from. Uh, Jamil Parker, Philadelphia, PA, representing YSM Sports Media at Into Boxing. Yo, what's good, Jamil? How, how's it been, my man? Oh man, I'm good, man. Just I'm watching this this PBC card. Pretty solid yeah, so far. Just, yeah, that thing just starting out, you know. And um, you know, just I was uh, talking about it a little bit, you know, having uh, your Guillermo Rigondeaux, uh in action. Uh, of course, uh, the thing with uh, Jamel Charlo um, having his fight where he was supposed yeah. to fight in a rematch with Tony Harrison, but. Uh, Tony Harrison had to pull out, so uh, this is basically what we got, you know, over in the Las Vegas. Um, and so uh, I'm trying to, you know, count the uh, number of, um, you know, clear uh, seats that may be out there for this particular event. Uh, hopefully, they, you know, had some people, you know, attending uh, this bout. But, um, you know, right now. Uh, we just seeing uh, some of the undercard that's uh, going down right now. So, um, yeah. So, uh, what, what are you thinking about these uh, fights uh, coming up with uh, Charlo and uh, Guillermo Rigondeaux? I um I really don't know too much about Rigondeaux's opponent, but I, I want to talk about the card in general. Then touch on what you were saying about Dillian White. Um, you know, this is a big, a very big time slot. And, you know, uh, Al had this specifically lined up for Harrison and Charlo. You know, I guess he's, yeah. you know, building them in the stars. You know, getting Sunday, 8 p.m. on Fox, that's prime time. Everybody's home. So, and then they have Rigo on the undercard to, you know, uh, to build him back up into, into a name. It, this, this card is very diminished by not having Tony Harrison in there. Yeah. It's it's kind of like not worth watching, but I'm still going to watch because we know what the outcome of the code of fights will be. He was stopped by Erickson Lubin and uh, uh, Rubio, right? 
<laughs> so we know that there's a good chance it's not going to be competitive. But it's both right. on Sunday, so I'm going to be appreciative. Um, next, Dillian White, right? And I know you're a wilder here. Everybody knows that. I don't understand Dillian White because he um, – people say he was the mandatory for 600 days. And I beg to differ. Yeah, well, he's number, number one contender for 600 days. I beg to differ. It, it, I think it was like a little bit more. It was like a, what, like a year and a half, or a year and a couple of months that he's been the man, though. Okay. And people want to make it seem like they don't understand the WBC's logic in the Brazil situation. It's it, it was because of Luis Ortiz that all this happened, and I know you remember because we've had like a bunch of conversations about it. They pay Bur- they pay Bermain Stavern to step aside money, and then Ortiz fails the drug test. So then uh, Stavern, who was supposed to to fight Brazil, gets elevated. Well, I'm sorry, he was already the man, though, right? Stavern was uh, already the man. Yeah, Stavern was already the man, though. He, he oh, Wilder gave him to step aside money. Or Ortiz fails, so then now they order the Mando, and Stavern, who's supposed to fight Brazil, an eliminator, they give him a substitute opponent, Brazil wins, and now he becomes the Mando. It's very simple. Now, I'm not saying White isn't deserving, because he is, but let's stop acting like there wasn't a timeline that everybody saw this happening, and everybody seems have this thing where they think WBC is out against Dillian White. They're not. And while everybody's complaining about the WBC, he's, he was the number one contender for the WBO. Do they have the same energy? Because they just made Alexander Usyk the mandatory. Is anybody crying about that? Or is it just because the WBC is viewed as in Heyman's pocket? So you tell me, bro. Well, in, in reference to that particular uh, thing with the WBO, um, they basically, you know, go through rules as far as like um, world champions from a, from like another division that move up. Yeah, uh, I, yeah, I know that. So that's kind of like you know how they uh, go about with that. So um, you know the WBO or any well, in particular with Alexander um, Usyk. That could be within any uh, boxing um, organization because he was the undisputed cruiserweight champion. So with him moving up, mm. he could, you know, be the number one contender for not just the WBO, but also the IBF, the WBA, and the WBC. So that's, you know, pretty much what they have with that. But uh, before I uh, continue with uh, the answer to, you know, what you have, i uh, got another caller in here that, you know, will, follow up with uh, what you were saying that is from the 646 area code so tell us your name where you're calling from yeah I don't need no introduction JR you already know who it is uh, Big Matt <laughs> president CEO founder of the bomb squad um, listen JR you're full of shit and you know you're full of it, and I'm going to tell you why. Okay? Let's just start. Let's, let's just get right go. to it. Here we go. Let's get right to it. The WBO, okay? Anthony Joshua, 
was to fight Alexander Povetkin in September of 2018. And what did the WBO say at that time, Jr.? Do you remember? In reference to the WBO situation, he they elevated. Yeah. That's not what I asked you. That's not what I asked you. What did the WBO say at the time Anthony Joshua was to fight Alexander Pobeckin? What did they say regarding their mandatory situation? He wasn't elevated to super champ then. All right. Since 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 you're playing games, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you what they said. I wanna know Joshua for Pavetkin, the WBO said that they would name their mandatory challenger within 90 days, okay? 90 days from September is not June 22nd, okay? 90 days from September is not June 22nd. So why did the WBO delay naming the mandatory, which they stated, Paco Val Carcel stated that they were going to name it within 90 days of Joshua Pavekin. So why, why did they delay that, JR? Yeah, you have any uh, theories for that? What did I just say? You That's said something I mean. about a super just... champion, an interim That's champion. Uh... Okay, so what happened... When you're elevated to super champion, what does that mean in reference to the mandatory and when it's due? What does that have to do with naming the mandatory? No, no mandatory is due if you're a super champion. You could have you named the mandatory. You could have named them. I didn't say make Dillian White and Anthony Joshua fight in 90 days. No, no. They said they would name the mandatory. Why wasn't the, the mandatory challenger named before Oleksandr Usyk moved up to heavyweight because his petition to petition the WBO didn't come until June 3rd. They were supposed to name the mandatory in January of 2019. So what happened, JR? I don't, I don't understand all that because here's why I say that. When did, when did Joshua win the WBO title? Uh, he fought Joseph Parker, I want to say March of 2018, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. When was the last time? No, I don't fact check. Okay. But you're right. You're, you're right on that. March 31st, 2018 was when Joshua defeated Parker. Okay. When was the last time that the mandatory for the WBO was fought for? Now, you know I'll fact check. How am I supposed to know that, okay. JR? Okay. So so here's the thing with that, right? Okay. They, the WBO, WBO. Had, had allowed that unification bout between Joshua and Parker to go through, okay? At okay. that time, there was nothing in reference to any type of mandatory challenger being put in place because they hadn't really established who was going mm-hmm. to be that type of defender, right? What they got to do with okay. September against the vacuum. I'll, I'll, I'll bring you up to that. I'll bring you up to that. All right. Okay. All right. Here we go. Bring it home, JR. Let's, let's hear this. Okay. Now, later 
in 2018, Joseph Parker and Dylan White fought for not only the WBC silver title, but they Whatever fought that for the WBO international title. Okay? Dylan White ends up winning that fight. Right? Okay. So there he becomes the number one contender. All right? Okay, very good, now, very good, very good. Okay. Okay. So now the thing about it is is that from that time up until September, they had elevated Joshua to be the super champion. They didn't okay. make anything in reference to the mandatory situation because they had not even established that even back at March 31st, 2018. This is different than when they had already when the WBA had already established who their mandatory contender was and they ordered the mandatory out between Pavekin and the super champion in Joshua in April of 2018. Right? So okay. the WBO didn't follow through with any type of mandatory and if I'm not mistaken, they didn't really follow through with any type of mandatory with any weight class. Okay. Not just with heavyweight, but with any weight class. So okay. the thing about it is, is, like you know how they usually have conventions for for these boxing organizations and or like monthly meetings where they kind of like yeah. set these things up. Yeah. They didn't really do that with not just the heavyweight division, but with pretty much any division that was out there at that particular time. So okay. you're talking about the WBO naming a mandatory. They didn't just not name a mandatory for the heavyweight division. They really didn't do that for much of any other division that was out there. So even before the fight with Pavekin and after the fight with Pavekin, the WBO didn't name a, a mandatory in any pretty much in any sense of the word. So why did they say they would name a mandatory if they weren't planning on actually doing it? And why was there no uproar about it, Jr. When did they plan to name the mandatory? They said they were going to name it after the Pavekin fight. It, it was either 90 or 180 days after the Pavekin fight. Paco Valcarcel said they were named the mandatory by then. Well, you know what? I'm going to have to fact check because since you don't please fact check, fact, I'm going to have to fact please check. Please fact check it, man. I, I did not dream this up. Okay? It's he said it, okay? The WBO said that's what they were going to do, and they never did it, okay? And I don't think that it's any coincidence that they didn't do it after Usyk signed with Matchroom, okay? Follow the money, JR. That's Eddie Hearn. Probably slip Paco a little bit of money here and there. So that they can hold off on the announcement until they can make Usyk the mandatory challenger for the WBO title. And you know why he wants to do that? Because Dillian White is only signed on a fight-by-fight basis. Okay? Well, here, well, here, well here's, here, here's, here's, here's one of the things. Well, I'm not, actually, you know what? I 
saw something, but I'm not going to really follow up on it because it's coming from a website that you know, is more of a um, is more of an opinionated piece than anything as far as like uh, following up. But you should you should have went to Boxing Update. <laughs> hey, Boxing Update is coming up on the on the on the, on the Google. <laughs> Uh, we'll have to do, we, hey, we, we, hey, we, 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 you know, we gotta go into a, you know, uh, you know, Google, you know, Google and uh, get that thing fixed so that. <laughs> but um, we also got uh, another uh, caller here uh, trying to get in the conversation. Eight one three area code. What's good with you on the Boxing Source Radio Show? Uh oh, here comes Tyrone. Hey, ha ha ha! You already know what it is, man. <laughs> I, I, I tell you what. <laughs> I'm going to actually start this off. I don't want to talk about the past. <laughs> Let's not talk about the past. Let's embrace the future. Can we do that as a people, as a boxing people? Let's get together and embrace the future and move on. Fight, fight, fight. <laughs> if you don't want to do that, we can meet in the street and do a bare knuckle fight. That's what you want to do. No problem. <laughs> we got to be honest. You already know, know who it is. <laughs> What's that? I said we got to find out who the judges are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Adelaide Bird, get her in there. Number one. Number one selection. <laughs> Number one right there. <laughs> now, we'll talk about this. Just calling to see what's going on with the. Uh, Boxing Force Radio Show. It's kind of a been sort of a quiet week. Uh, kind of July's been uh, June, per se. Not June, but this kind of is a quiet month or much less, whatever. Not a lot of big fights going on, but nevertheless, uh, still waiting for some good announcements and things like that. Uh, hopefully, we'll get to see some fights that we talked about. But nevertheless, back to you guys. Well, uh, well, we right now have um, the start of Guillermo Rigondeaux. Uh, El Takao going up against uh, Julio Cia here, and so that first round is you know just about going down. Uh, so we're well, just looking forget, at that right now. When you introduce Brigandial, you call him the lineal super bantamweight champion, lineal champion Guillermo Rigandial. Oh, because he never lost it. <laughs> never lost it. Hey, listen. <laughs> If Tyson Fury is the lineal champion, then Rigondeaux is the lineal champion also. Yeah, uh, but there's only one problem with all of that. Don't tell me, Tyson. We're not going to start this again. <laughs> oh, man. You know what? I'm going to have to go into the boxing shows outside and see... <laughs> To see if you ever refer to Tyson Fury as a lineal heavyweight champion before. <laughs> <laughs> Who? Listen, don't be fact checking me, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, um. Oh, let's go, yeah. Rigo. He looked good right now, though, man. Rigo looks yeah, good. Yeah. He's looking good, pretty, you know, sharp and uh, focused out there, um, you know, against this guy. So, you're going to see uh, 
what he does here at the end of the first round is coming, you know, pretty much coming up here in a few seconds uh, on that. So uh, he's just, you know, staying a little bit patient. I think he's, you know, kind of like going a little bit more away from being more defensive in his approach. And, oh, you know, is that to... Robert Bird? Wait, you watching the huh? telecast? Yeah. Is that Robert Bird? Uh, oh, no. <laughs> Whoa, I think that's Robert Bird, JR. Oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, we're about to see a brawl tonight. Oh, uh, man, it's going to be a brawl. Hey, hey, so much, so that was Bobby Burns. Someone check who's the timekeeper. Someone check who's. <laughs> that was Bobby Burns. <laughs> Yo. Oh, how's this guy still working? What is going on here? What is going uh, on here? Oh, yep, there you go. <laughs> oh, my God. Robert Bird is in the building, ladies and gentlemen. Breaking news, courtesy of the Boxing Source Radio Show, Robert Bird still has a job on a national television card. Uh, oh, this is crazy. Uh, oh, man. Yeah, coming off that whole thing with the World Boxing Association, to actually see Robert Bird. <laughs> oh, man. That's, just, man, that's just nuts, bro. That's just nuts. Oh, man. Um, yeah, this is just, uh, you know, just looking at that fight and see what's going on, um, you know, with the whole thing with Guillermo Rigondeau and then, you know, looking into uh, what Jamil Charlo is about to do. Um, uh, hey, Terrell, you said that you were over there at uh, – for that bare knuckle thing with uh, Pauli Malignaggi, right? Right, right. So, uh, what what did you think about that uh, the, the whole event and how it went down, and then the the fight in general, man? Because uh, I wanted to get your insight on that. I mean, I'm I, really I, I don't know where to go with that because, like, we think of Pauli uh, Pauli Malignaggi. So you think look real quickly back at his boxing career. This guy didn't have zero punching power, but uh, we know that he was in there with the likes of a Kodo, people like that, and people that, that had great power. And he's and because of his boxing ability, his ability, lateral movement, and relatively quick hands, stuff like that, he was able to stand in there with people. But even back that Kodo fight, I think he got his jaw broken uh, after the fight from that point. Uh, so with that said, uh, I mean, he, he had he had, a, he had a, a title belt at 147 at one point in time. We know that. But other than that, you know, based on what I'm saying, Malinati was never a beast at, one, at 147. We know that. We know that. So, uh, other than yep. that, it's, it's like, uh, so you think of him in, in a bare knuckle fighting style, right? So it's still boxing per se, but at the same time, this guy has been out of the ring for quite some time. Uh, we, I mean, so granted he stays in shape somewhat. Uh, other than that, it's like uh, I, I don't think much of it because you know I, I learned about it. Uh, it's not a lot. I thought about it, so you know. I mean, it's 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 like uh, actually not not much. I thought about it. I mean, even in uh, you, you guys saw the commotion leading up to the to the uh, event. Where he basically slapped the guy in, a, in somewhat of a face-off, 
And that, you know, that's just, of course, like any other boxing or promotion, generate interest in the event to, to generate ticket sales. You know that. So so I'm, I'm not surprised at all about what happened in the actual event. Uh, can I say, Mountain Dowdy's been out of the ring. He's been in commentator status for quite some time now. But So, I mean, what happened is what happened. Not much to say about it. You know, whatever. Yeah, and... Yo, with the uh, result of that fight, uh, with him losing by unanimous decision, uh, pretty much uh, losing by one point in all of the scorecards. So uh, he just, you know, ends up losing the fight. And, you know, like it, uh, the whole thing about build-ups is basically, uh, you know, what, what it was because after the fight, they really uh, didn't say, uh, you know, much as far as, like, uh, going after each other after that. So uh, they pretty much expected other after that, um, <clears throat> after the fight. Uh, so I guess there's just something there for uh, Paulie to do, uh, get a quick buck here and there, and, uh, you know, just uh, kind of like put himself out there um, in reference to all of that. So, uh, you know, that's what I kind of like got out of all that. Um, uh, Matt, what, what did you think about that result? Or I'm not breaking down bare knuckle boxing, Jr. I have a little bit more respect <laughs> for myself than that. Like, come on, man. Let's talk about actual <laughs> boxing, please. Let's talk about Andrew Cantio uh, versus Albert Machado. Let's talk about the PBC event going on right well, now. Well, 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 I Anything but that, 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 man. I was like, yo, come on, man. Like, for, well, first of all, the whole thing with, with, with Cantio and Machado like, like we didn't really, you know, see much uh, of uh, promotion going into the rematch, man. It was like, yo, is this fight really happening? Or is it like, you know, what, what's going on? I mean, you, you're not seeing much of anything leading up to the fight. You know, I didn't see uh, many things in my email as far as like, oh, the rematch is happening. Uh, see if, uh, you know, Ken Seal could get another win against Machado and keep the belt. Like, I didn't really see much of all of that. But, you know, he ended up uh, – Give him a title, a body shot, and I guess uh, Machado was a little bit soft in the middle or something like that, man, because uh, he went down and he had to take a few uh, seconds before getting up, and then the referee just said, nah, man, you can't, nah, I ain't going to let you uh, continue, man. And that was just after three rounds. Yeah, well, I mean, Cancio, hopefully he'll be able to get a big fight and quit his day job. Uh, Machado... Honestly, I never thought Machado was that good. I don't think you really rated Machado too highly uh, based off his fights with Jezreel Corrales, I think it was, where he made his name on HBO. He was just one of the hype guys that HBO was hyping after they lost top rank, after they lost uh, Heyman guys. It was just Golden Boy, basically, at main events on HBO. They had to hype somebody up, and Machado fit the bill. It carried him to where people thought he was better than he was, and he got his ass kicked, basically. I don't think moving up is going to help him. Like, who who is he going to beat? Like, I, I don't see who he's going to beat up at uh, 130, 135, you know? It, it, Not, yeah, I don't it see, yeah, I don't see it either, man. Like, no one no one really is uh, there for um, that can really beat Machado. Oh, man. Oh, Riggler's getting tagged a little bit in this third round. Hey, he's getting tagged, but he's fighting too, man. Yeah, that's the thing. He's keeping it. He's keeping it up close. He's not on his bike in this fight. 
Nope, he's definitely not. He's just, you know, staying stationary and all of that. He's not, you know, really, uh, you know, putting in a defensive shell out there. He's getting he's getting himself tagged in there to try to get to the inside of whatnot. So, you know, that's what we well, got. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm kind of wondering, because we did see the same thing from Aaron's Larry Lara in his last couple fights also. So I wonder if this is Rigo trying to secure a big fight by – being a more exciting scratch than than doing what he usually does. This is very strange from him. Yeah, yeah, it is, and um, you know, kind of like uh, you know, trying to see if he could, you know, get a little bit more action to see if uh, he gets more demand out of uh, you know fans from being in action-packed fights. So uh, that could you know make him be more available to uh, fights later on down the line uh, there in the. In that super bantamweight division, so I think that's uh, kind of like where he's trying to approach uh, this particular fight here in this uh, case, um, you know, where where he uh, you know has his fight against um, Seha. So that's kind of like what what I'm getting off of this one. You know, is that yeah, he wants to see if he can put himself in the more uh, fights out there at uh, super bantamweight. Uh, but yeah, going back to you know what you're saying about you know Machado, <laughs> yeah, I ain't really you know much see him as a very impressive uh, guy, you know, uh, regardless. So you know him being you know him losing this uh, fight, uh, yeah, that you know puts him a couple pegs down uh, there in the featherweight division anyway. So there isn't really you know, much out there for uh, him to face and for him to. Kind of like be a uh, serious uh, contender to beat uh, most of those guys that are. Um, so next week, uh, you know, we have uh, <clears throat> Jamal Charlo going up against Brandon Adams. You got Andre Smacky for that WBO middleweight title. Uh, Eric Lubin is coming back against uh, Zakaria Atu. Yeah, I don't know where he's from. <laughs> um, <laughs> And uh, also, you got Richard Comey going up against Ray Beltran. So, Beltran has another shot at the world title uh, going up against Richard Comey. And, um, yeah, man, I don't know, man. Because, uh, uh, what is it? Uh, he This this might be – that might be a fairly good fight depending on uh, where Beltran is at this point of his uh, professional career. Um, yeah. You know, so, you know, I'm kind of like uh, seeing how – that fight is going to turn out because uh, that could, you know, end up being a very uh, good bout uh, there. So that that's kind of like what the slate is uh, for next weekend uh, out there <clears throat> uh, for for uh, boxing. So um, wait, uh, is it um, with the Andre fighting too? Yeah, I was saying Andre fighting Selecki uh, there on uh, Saturday uh, over in um, over in his home area. So. He has that fight with Selecki. Um, Selecki is trying to, you know, talk himself up against Demetrius Andre, but yeah, I, I, I just don't see him doing much against Andre. Andre's going to pretty much school him, I'd say. Yeah, but don't you think Andre needs to get him out of there? Like, when is Andre going to have a performance that's going to, like, rush him into superstardom? Well, he, he hey, I totally 
Hey, I, I totally agree with, with Matt State. Uh, we need to see some big upgrades. I mean, here we are, uh, post Canelo, uh, what was last fight was, and post Robertis last fight against Stephen Rose at that point. And I mean, I mean, pretty much we already know it's going to be a, 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 a triple G Canelo three. We know that. But plus it. If Andre could have made enough noise in the last year, it would have been him fighting Canelo next instead of uh, Canelo Triple G three. So yep. like you, like Matt said, uh, Andre needs to go here and make an emphatic statement, right? And I'm I'm trying to think. Oh yeah, back when we were talking about uh, Gary Russell Jr. The fact that he said he doesn't watch college uh, uh, boxing, doesn't go to other people's events, things like that. Well, I I, I get it. But how are you going to get these big fights if you're not generating that interest? And, and in boxing, we know – I'm not saying you have to be controversial. I mean, obviously, we see people that, that are controversial. People that get in trouble, they get their big fights. But other than that, you got the other fights. you got to attend these events. you got to generate interest and, and make some noise in order to make to get these big fights. And same thing with Andre. Yeah, he's winning this fight. We, we know that. We get it. you got the WFTR field belt. Uh, the, the fight with uh, Billy Holt trying to sell through. We know that. But what else are you doing outside of that other than winning your fight? How are you winning fights? Are you emphatically knocking people out? And unless you're other than that, if you keep on doing the road that you're on, you're going to be the odd man left out over and over and over. Well, the thing with Andrade is he's kind of like, he's, he's, of course, he like talks a lot more than, you know, Gary Russell Jr., but I think he's, you know, too busy uh, saying that. It's me again! says in his fights or whatever it is. So uh, I don't know what what that is supposed to mean, that it's him again. I don't, like, I guess people didn't, you know, know that it was him the first time around or something. You know what I'm saying? Or maybe, you know, he's trying to mimic some other people in reference to doing that. But, yeah, like you were saying, uh, Matt, he, he has to, you know, have an impressive performance uh, to – you know, get his opponents out of there um, <clears throat> to where he, he kind of, like, uh, generates interest to, like, saying, okay, this guy is a serious threat to a, uh, you know, to a Canelo Alvarez or to a Gennady Golovkin um, to where if they fought each other, then he has a very good shot of, you know, making it a very tough fight or defeating uh, those guys. Now, I mean, he did, you know, have a uh, – Stop his victory over um, you know, Akabov, but it took him 12 rounds to finish him off. And then, of course, that wasn't uh, even a real stoppage, man. Come on, that wasn't no <laughs> real stoppage. <laughs> and then, of course, you had the whole thing with Carson Dakwa, where he knocked him down multiple times, but <laughs> it wasn't you know finishing. You know, so uh, that's you know that's what we got. Uh, you know, out of this with uh, Demetrius Andrade, he's going to have to uh, show up and show out. Um, again. Yo, these guys um, are trying to kill each other, man. Yeah, yeah, that yeah, this fight is just yeah, it's it's the whole thing. It, yeah, I think it is like you were saying there, uh, Matt. Are you trying to make this uh, you know an exciting fight to yeah. try to see? <laughs> Jesus Christ, you know, these guys are trying to kill each other. Yeah, man, because they've been, you know, in a phone booth type of fight for the last uh, three weeks. You know what I mean? So, yeah, this is, uh, you know, very exciting out here seeing uh, what Rigonard can do, man, because he's, you know, been in that <clears throat> in this phone booth 
he's taking shots, but he's also throwing it back at him. Like, hey, yeah. if you want to get in there, man, you're going to pay for it. You know what I mean? So, yeah, this is a very good one out there, man. Um, but, yeah, like I was saying there with um, <clears throat> Andre, yeah, man, say I was putting those pictures up, son. <laughs> 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 this is this is something else, man. Oh my god! Like two straight jabs, man. Like yo, this is something else. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, the thing with Andre, he's gonna have to be very impressive there against Masi uh, Selecki and kind of like try to you know get him out of there because you know Daniel Jacobs wasn't able to get him out of there, so you know if you're able to you know <clears throat> knock out Selecki, man. Then, you know, that could get you some extra points as far as, like, uh, you being a serious uh, top middleweight contender uh, out there. So, um, you know, that's what you got out there with the hands, right? And, you know, we're saying the whole thing with uh, Richard Comey uh, facing Ray Beltran uh, while they eventually uh, do something with uh, his IBF title. And uh, the whole thing with the lightweight situation, I'll probably get into um, at a later time, so um, you know, maybe I'll uh, <clears throat> do do something a little bit extra down the line or during this week where you know, we're going to kind of start up a few things as far as like bringing up some topics and uh, going on YouTube and talking about those topics, but uh, we'll get through that at a uh, later time, but one of the, you know, people to get into these uh, fights that are happening on Fox right now, um, so Pretty much gonna cut this uh, episode a uh, little bit early uh, while y'all are able to enjoy these fights and then look forward to uh, what's coming up uh, next week. Uh, so, um, so hopefully uh, y'all enjoyed uh, this um, version of the Boxing Source Radio Show. Uh, we'll have the uh, next um, version coming up. Uh, should be around 7:30 Eastern time. Um, if not, then I'll let you know. As it will be a very uh, busy weekend uh, for me next weekend, so oh. we're gonna see uh, what happens with all of that. Um, I'm sorry, Terrell, but it's gonna be a busy weekend next weekend, man. That's cool, man. <laughs> You're cool. right. Good. Uh, but um, but uh, yo, like I say at the end of every show, folks, quarterboxing is hitting like a hit. And I understand the trade. On that note, I'm out. Have a good evening, everybody. Bomb squad, baby.